Heavenly Father, we know that it could be any day when we will see our Savior face to face and be in your presence. Oh, Father, we wait for that that day, for his appearing, for the trumpet to sound, and for us to be caught away. Oh, what a glorious day that is going to be, Father. I pray, Lord, that uh, as we now open your word, Father, we might look to what you have prepared for us, all the riches we have in Christ Jesus, and Lord, the plan for all eternity that we are involved in because of your great grace and love. So, Father, give us instruction once again, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, if you're, you have your Bibles, let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 23 together tonight. Jeremiah 23. We're, we're going to start there. <clears throat> and uh, what we're, we are in our uh, second stu- part of our study, Reigning with Christ. Reigning with Christ. And what we're doing is getting a glimpse of what, what the kingdom is going to be like when Jesus returns with us to reign on this earth. As we shared last time that uh, um, it is, uh, it is uh, my uh, belief that uh, we should take the Bible literally, unless, of course, it shows us it's, uh, the symbolic, metaphorical areas, the allegories, but, but take it literal and all the promises of God to be literal. And we, we discussed last week, we went into Revelation, we went into uh, how the church is going to reign with Christ, and we're going to cover more of that, our involvement in the kingdom. But what I wanted to do, I think it's important when we're talking about reigning with Christ, yes, Jesus said that we, his church, are going to reign with him, for a thousand years, and we talked about that literal thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth. But what is uh, many times not studied, or at least it's not preached about, talked about, because it 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 has become uh, uh, very controversial uh, among certain Bible teachers and scholars. And this is basically it. And uh, we want to, again, we're going to look at, at the scriptures that I believe show us the, uh, the, the parts of the, the kingdom, everything that is literal, and how it involves the nation of Israel, the nation of Israel. Because Israel is going to reign with Christ. Jesus is going to sit on the throne of David, and he is going to reign and reign for literally for a thousand years in Jerusalem, in Israel, and Israel will be restored as a nation, and it will be the the center of this this world and its government because Jesus will be there reigning. But the the controversy that has happened over over the years is that many have have looked at the Old Testament 
promises of God and uh, the prophecies concerning Israel. And they believed that when Jesus was rejected by the Jews and crucified, that it was that moment. And, and Paul talks about the Jewish nation, how they turned on Christ. They crucified Christ, and, and therefore God put them aside. And so, so there was this thought process that came out that, that the, all the prophecies that were given to the nation of Israel are now, they, they now all belong to the church. That they are, they are ours to take. So you don't take them literally, but you take them spiritually because we are the church. And, and once, you, once you go down that road, it can cause all kinds of confusion. But we, we see God is not the author of confusion, and we interpret Scripture with Scripture. That is the only way to study the Word of God. And so we are going to see together, we're going to see how the, God is going to restore Israel one day. He already has. We've already seen it in 1948. The, what was impossible uh, became possible because it became a nation once again. After so many uh, thousands of years, suddenly Israel was a nation again. And that's all because of God's doing. And it's the beginning of the fulfillment of many prophecies that are yet to come concerning Israel. And Israel's reigning and with Christ. And so, uh, so here we're going to start in Jeremiah 23. And understand, again, that uh, we are, we're looking to the future, okay? So Jeremiah is prophesying about the Messiah in chapter 23. Calls him the righteous branch. And so we'll pick it up at verse 5. Let's look together at verse 5. Behold, and this is the Lord declaring, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I shall raise up for David a righteous branch. Now we know if we stop there, we know that he already raised up the branch. This branch is, of course, the Messiah, Jesus Christ, God's only son. But he's saying now, and remember, he's speaking to Jews. There's no Gentiles in the picture here, okay? He says, when I shall raise up for, for David a righteous branch, which means someone coming out of the, the line of David... And he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteousness where? In the land. In his days, Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely. And this is his name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. Notice, as it speaks of the coming Messiah, the branch, first of all, he's going to reign as king. He's going to act wisely. Now, again, if we, if we say, well, Israel rejected Christ, and therefore uh, all these promises belong to us, right? So we have to spiritualize everything. So we would have to say, well, when it says he will reign as king, that's a spiritual reign. 
not a literal rain on earth. But as you, we go through this, we see these prophecies that were given to Israel as a nation and the promises yet to be fulfilled, they have to be literal. It has to be literal. Notice he says he's, he will reign as king. Now, when Jesus came to earth, was born in the manger, did he reign physically over the earth? No, he didn't. Of course not. But he had, God the Father is talking about a day when he will reign. Yes, Jesus reigns in the hearts of, of men our, and, and reigns in our hearts. But here he goes on and he says, verse 6, In his days Judah will be saved. And that, those days, of course, it, we know that Jesus came to save. And so he brought salvation spiritually to individuals in, in Israel and came to offer to say I am I am the son of God I am the king uh, which uh, king of kings which uh, I am of the line of, of of David and in his days Judah will be saved and Israel will dwell securely that that phrase right there if uh, if we keep this in context so the days of Judah when he is going to save Judah He's talking about the nation now, okay? Not individual salvation, but the nation itself, the nation of Israel, that he's going to save it one day. He's going to save it, and what does it say? And God says, and Israel will dwell securely. Let me ask you a question. Is Israel dwelling securely right now? I don't think so. I mean, right now they're not at war. Well, they're always at war with with the Palestinians and others who, who want to wipe them off the face of the earth, the Iranians. Uh, but, but here it's talking about the day coming when Jesus returns, when the righteous branch, Jesus Christ the Messiah, comes back to earth. It will be at a time when the Antichrist, and the, who has control of many of the kingdoms of the earth, uh, will come and uh, come against Israel, and the, he will come to annihilate them. And that's when Jesus will return, and he will spare Israel. He will save Israel, and he will come and rescue Israel in the t- at the end of the tribulation period. And at that point, Jesus is going to s- become king of all the earth and reign from Jerusalem. And it is that time that God is talking about here, I believe, that it will be a time when Israel will finally dwell in safety. They'll never have to worry about another enemy for a thousand years because Jesus Christ will be reigning on the earth. So I I wanted you to uh, see this first, the literal reign of Christ. And uh, turn now to with me if you would to psalm 89 psalm 89 we're going to try and tie these together so we kind of get a picture connecting the dots of how god is going to restore israel as a nation one day and they will be part of his kingdom and his government on earth but psalm 89 verse 34 
And here, and again, this is a psalm of the Davidic covenant, the covenant God made with David. Okay, and so here it is. If uh, Psalm eighty-nine, we'll pick it up at verse thirty-four. My covenant, I will not violate, nor will I alter the utterance of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to... Do you see a name there? Who is it? David. Do you see that? I will not... God is saying, I will not lie to David. Verse 36. His descendants shall endure until Jesus is crucified. And then I'm done away with them? No, we don't see that, do we? My God says, His descendants shall endure forever. And His throne, David's throne, as the sun before me. And it shall be established forever like the moon and the witness in the sky. And the witness in the sky is faithful. God is saying here, I made a covenant to David that I would bless his descendants and his house forever. And I will send a branch who will come out of the the line of David who will reign over Israel as Israel is once again restored as a nation. And and that, that branch of David, he will sit on the throne and reign over Israel and also the entire earth. And so we, we see how God has begun to, um, uh, to do this already as we've seen Israel come back to the land that the captives that were scattered over all the earth suddenly became uh, free to travel back to Israel and then they were officially 1948 declared a nation once again. But here we see God's not going to break his promises break his his word and then we uh i I want you to look with me at jeremiah 33 so let's go back to jeremiah jeremiah 33 verse 9 and here again the prophetic kingdom of David, the, the, the prophecy of David's kingdom. If we pick it up at verse 6. Behold, I will bring to it the nation health and healing, and I will heal them, and I will reveal to them an abundance of peace and truth. Verse 7. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and the fortunes of Israel, and I will rebuild them as they were at first. I don't see how we can take this spiritually. This is God speaking uh, through Jeremiah to what he's going to do for the children of Israel who he had to discipline. Remember, he disciplined them with Assyria, with the Babylonians and took them into captivity and spread them all over the world. And then, then they were under Roman rule when Jesus uh, came to earth. 
and but they were still subject to Rome. And then it was at that point when they rejected God's Son, the Messiah, that God said, "Okay, then I am going to I am going to scatter my people. I'm done with you at this point as discipline." And God continued His discipline on a nation that rejected His Son. But then God has made promises to David, beginning with Abraham, but then the Davidic covenant to, to promise David, David, one day your kingdom will come back and one of your descendants is going to reign and I will heal the land. Notice he says that I will bring healing and I will restore the fortunes of Judah, of Israel, and I will rebuild them as they were the first. Verse 8, and I will cleanse them from all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me and I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned against me and by which they have transgressed against me. And then verse verse 9 and it shall be to me a name of joy, praise and glory before all the nations of the earth which shall hear of all the good that I do for them. And they shall fear and tremble because of all the good and all the peace that I make for it. How amazing. What a truth. Notice that God is saying, I am going to forgive the iniquities of my people. And there's going to come a time when the great tribulation, the seven-year period, a great tribulation is going to come upon the earth and God is going to once again be dealing with the, the unbelieving nation of Israel on earth and he will allow the Antichrist to persecute and, and, and kill uh, many Jews and go after them and, and try and annihilate them. But out of the tribulation period, there will be a point where suddenly God says, okay, now I am going to purify my nation. And one-third of the Jews are going to come out of the tribulation who will be saved. And they will, be, they will be, have trusted in Christ the Messiah. And many of them will have been saved during the testing of the tribulation period. And they will call upon the Lord. And they'll be saved And that's where we have the two witnesses we study in Scripture that will come during the tribulation period. And they will be witnesses. There will be 144,000 Jews that will be witnessing to their their people and to all over the world. And we are going to see when Jesus returns, suddenly Israel will be a nation that will be blessed beyond all nations. And, And all the world, notice he says, and all the nations of the earth shall hear of it. And see if it. This is this is when Jesus returns to to uh, to restore the land of Israel. So the Jews will come back to the land. That's already begun, and they will be back in the city of Jerusalem. Back in the city of Jerusalem, and we see that there are those uh, today who have already seen many uh, of the Jews preparing to rebuild a temple. I don't know how many of you have heard of, heard of this, but uh, there are those that are, have already prepared 
the Jews have prepared many of the, the utensils, instruments, and things uh, that are going to go, they want to put back into a temple that is rebuilt. And when is that temple going to be rebuilt? The beginning of the tribulation period, that before the Antichrist turns his back on Israel, he'll first make peace with Israel. He'll come and make peace with them. And, and so they think we can live in safety now. Look, this, this king, this, uh, they won't call him the Antichrist, but this king will, uh, will make a covenant with Israel. And so they'll be able to rebuild their temple. And that's what they're planning to do. But then at the, at halfway through the tribulation period, after three and a half years of peace, suddenly the Antichrist will turn on Israel and he will turn against them, become their enemy. And that is called, according to prophecy, Jacob's trouble. Jacob's trouble. But we, I just want you to be able to connect these together to understand and understand that Israel will literally become a nation again one day. Turn to now with me to Isaiah 65. Isaiah 65. So if you're in Jeremiah, go back one book. Isaiah 65, verse 18. Here are some of the millennial conditions in the renewed earth with the the curse at that point will be removed okay and <clears throat> here is again the if, if the uh verse 18 uh most uh solid bible teachers who again take the scriptures literally and uh they believe that verse 17, when it's, he says, For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former things shall not be remembered or, or come to mind. That is, that, that is separate from what begins in verse 18, okay? Because verse 18 then is not speaking of the new heaven and the new earth, but it's talking about the millennial conditions, what the earth is going to be like, what Jerusalem is going to be like, what Israel is going to be like when Jesus returns to earth and becomes king. And he's going to uh, re- renovate, you might say, the city of Jerusalem that you, we see now when Jesus returns. So look at verse 18 together. And this is speaking of the millennial conditions. But be glad and rejoice forever in what I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem for rejoicing and her people for gladness. I will also rejoice in Jerusalem and be glad in my people. And there will no longer be heard in her the voice of weeping and the sound of crying. Now here's the amazing thing about the kingdom age. Jesus is going to lift the curse that we are under. You know, and and we, we face so much suffering and dying now there will be death will still be around but look at verse 20 no longer will there be in in it in jerusalem an infant who lives but a few days okay and that's what we've talked about tonight the newborn babies some of them have not lived very long but it says here 
There will be, no longer be an infant who will live but a few days, or an old man who does not live out his days. For the youth will die at the age of 100. Look at what Christ is going to do when he returns to set up his kingdom. The youth will die at age 100, and one who does not reach the age of 100 shall be thought to be accursed. What is he saying? He's saying that Jesus is going to make the world like it was before the days of Noah. Remember how long uh, before the flood the people lived? Who's the oldest man that ever lived? Anybody remember his name? Yes. Anybody ever feel like Methuselah some days? Yep. You get tired and worn out, but... But he lived to be 969, I think, years old, almost a thousand years old. This is what it's going to be like once again, where the, the health, God is going to restore the health of humanity so that there will, so that a child, say, if a child uh, today grows to be 10 years old, in the kingdom, the millennial kingdom, He's going to be going to live to a hundred years. It's like he ten years today, but in the millennial kingdom, his ten years will be like a hundred years. So he will have lived a hundred years. And if he dies after a hundred years, people say, uh, "He did. He must have done something wrong." You know, he was accursed. A uh, you know, God took him early. Early will be a hundred years. How about that? If somebody dies now, remember, death is still present. But you know what also is still present during the thousand-year reign of Christ? What is still present is the sin in the heart of those who will be born in the millennial kingdom. Okay, so try and get this understanding. Everyone who comes out of the tribulation period, that seven-year tribulation, when Jesus returns with us, with his church, and the rapture's taking place, and then at the end of the tribulation period, we are coming back to earth to reign with Christ. He comes back, and out of the tribulation period, Jesus is going to remove all his enemies. The Antichrist, the false prophet, and all those who followed him will be thrown into the lake of fire. So the believers who survived the, the tribulation period, they will come out alive and they will, they will not have been transformed yet. So that they'll still be human. You and I, we will have been uh, resurrected. We will have, have our new bodies. But there will be those who are st- still in their human body, bodies that can die. The curse doesn't have the same effect that it does today on them. But it, they're going to come out and they, they, will be, they will come out. And everyone who goes into this millennial kingdom will be saved. There won't be any unbelievers when Jesus returns and he, and he takes over the earth and he reigns. So everyone on earth at that time will then be a believer. But then for a thousand years, those who are still in their human bodies will be able to reproduce. They will have children. And those children will grow up, but they, because, remember, even the ones that are saved that come out of the tribulation period, they're saved, but they still have what? The sin nature. 
the sin nature from the curse of Adam. And so that the heart is still sinful. And so children will be born to saved parents who come into the kingdom. But some of those children who are born will not want to worship or, or, uh, or obey the new king, King Jesus, who's reigning in Jerusalem. And so these will grow older. These new babies will grow up and from, in different nations all over the earth. And, and there will be an ungodly, uh, an un, uh, ungodly group of, of people who want to overthrow Jesus. <clears throat> they, 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 they don't like Jesus' reign of righteousness or those who are reigning under him. And so they... they Remember, what does the scripture say about Jesus? He's going to rule with a rod of iron. So it's not going to be in those days and when we reign with Christ, uh, we may be judges, we may be, we'll be part of his kingdom. But the, the, the amazing thing is that Jesus is going to rule perfectly and righteously. So when there is any crime committed, that it will be dealt with injustice and righteousness but jesus is uh, going to allow the the heart of man to continue to uh, to dis, uh, make a choice do i accept king jesus or do i not do i believe that he is a messiah or don't i and then at that point at the by the end of the thousand year reign we see that and let's, let's turn together there uh, well let's just finish this and then we'll go to this last point in closing in Revelation again, okay? But notice he says, uh, then in verse 21, and they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall also plant vineyards and eat their fruit. For they shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For as the lifetime of a tree, so shall be the days of what? Who? My people. And my chosen ones shall wear out the work of their hands. There'll still be work, though. There's going to be a lot of farming being done in the millennial kingdom. They shall not labor in vain. In other words, God's going to just bless their produce and whatever they put their hand to in Israel. And they shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity, for they are the offspring of those blessed by the Lord and their descendants with them. And it will also come to pass, verse 24, that before they call, I will answer. And while they are still speaking, I will hear. And here's the, the scripture that you all know and have heard through the past, uh, verse 25. And the wolf and the lamb shall graze together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And dust shall be the serpent's food. In other words, nothing's changed for the serpent. They shall, uh, they shall do no evil or harm in all my holy mountain. And what's the holy mountain? It's Mount Moriah. It's where the, the city of Jerusalem is built. It's always called the holy mountain. You've heard the phrase, uh, and the lion will lie down with the lamb. You don't find that anywhere in Scripture. Did you know that? Isn't that amazing? When I learned that, I'm going, really? Yeah. 
Notice the lion is mentioned in this verse, but it says the wolf will lie down with the lamb. Not a lion. The lion is just going to eat straw like an ox, so he's not going to be a ferocious beast anymore. Every, all the animals are going to be vegetarians. <laughs> and what a day that's going to be. But, but that's amazing. The wolf and the lion shall graze together. And this is what the, the earth is going to be like that day when Jesus returns. My dear friends, we understand that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to restore the nation of Israel. And do you recall, we don't have time to turn to it, but you recall he told his disciples, you shall all sit on 12 thrones. And so they believe, it, according, if you put it together and fit it in with, with Scripture contextually, that the tribes of Israel will once again be separated in the land of Israel where Jesus will be reigning from Jerusalem. So there will be 12 tribes of Israel. And the ones who will be judges over each tribe will be one of the disciples, one of the 12 disciples. And, that, and, and so that's what Jesus says when he says, that, I'm going to put you on thrones one day when I restore the nation. And remember, we are the bride of Christ. So we're going to be part of the blessing, and God is going to bless us and use us as the church, as his bride, and we are going to reign with him. We're going to study more about that. But let's look forward with joy and anticipation of what God has coming. You know, fear not, my dear friends, for the Lord is coming back, and his reward is with him. Oh, and again, because of time, we won't turn to Revelation, but it's the time where the, the nations of the earth will turn, finally, all the ungodly ones, they'll finally do it publicly, and the nations will, uh, will finally gather together around Jerusalem and try and throw Jesus off his throne and conquer him. And it's at that moment, at the end of the thousand-year reign of Christ, that God will send fire down from heaven and destroy the enemies of God there what, what a thousand-year reign it's going to be, and then we have eternity beyond that. Let's pray together, shall we? Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, Lord, for the promises, Lord, you've given us. I thank you for the promises you've given to Israel, Lord. Even though they rejected your Son, Lord, we know that you still have a plan for them, to restore them, to graft them back in as a branch, Lord, that they might be blessed And that they might be forgiven their iniquities, Lord. We thank you that you've forgiven our sins and our iniquities. And you have called us the church, your bride. And we will forever reign with you. Thank you, Father, for giving us that salvation through your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And may we walk in such a way that people will know who our King is. And that Jesus reigns in our hearts. And so that when he comes, we might hear him say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.